You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Program on Community Radio 3CR. We're proud to acknowledge the Yurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about cycling, bikes, micromobility... Uh, head, you're kind of heading into other things as well, like planning, what happens in your middle suburbs when they get redeveloped, which we'll discuss today, and basically getting around without a combustion engine. And uh, you might have noticed uh, a lot, and I mean a lot, going on. I just noticed on the way in today there is so much going on in terms of construction work and the like uh, in the inner north, and yeah kind of uh, just so much activity in terms of uh, development roads, uh, new pocket parks going in, um, I saw a fairly big film set, a temporary kind of setup for that going on, so yeah, it's a, a lot, and, inc- and uh, including into that, yesterday, on Sunday, there was a really lovely gathering down at uh, St Kilda Road to celebrate the unofficial official, I think I got that in the right order, opening of the St Kilda protected bike lanes and it was uh, opposite the NGV, you know, basically where the um, M Pavilion usually sits and it was a kind of uh, really great little meeting of the clans because it's a predominantly southern suburbs uh, thing for getting these bike lanes because they're a feeder out down to you know, St Kilda and further out. And well done everyone for turning up. There was you know the usual crew you see from the bicycle user groups, a lot of just general riders, a lot of bemused people going down the bike lanes and thinking, why are they clapping me? Why are they cheering me on? Well, because you deserve it. The St Kilda bike lane thing has been such a long thing in the making, but kind of casting my mind back to uh, other campaigns, it's actually been relatively short, nine years since someone said we won't be having any of that till, actually we are having a fair bit of that, and well done, it was part of the Melbourne Metro uh, Tunnel Works, it got uh, bundled into that. And I've got to say thank you to Port Phillip Bicycle Users Group. Uh, there's Glen Ira, uh, Streets Life Glen Ira, Glen Ira Bicycle Users Group, Stonington Bicycle Users Group, Bike Melbourne. And uh, thank you to Alison from Bicycle Network for being there and Sam Hibbins and a couple of councillors as well. Yeah, very good spread put on, lots of cake and lollipops and things. I, I turned up with a ubiquitous um, party platter full of uh, sugary goodness. I hope you really enjoyed yourselves and, and 
we have a lot of setbacks, you know, like on this show, we've been talking about Kerford Road and a few other bits and pieces to do with trying to get good cycling provision and the things you have to deal with when you're in a campaign. And also, I have to touch base upon the ongoing inquiry into vulnerable road users that's going on with uh, Vic Parliament and the hearings of that are continuing. Yeah, and there was a very good article that came out in The Age, which uh, Patrick Hatch, there's the key to getting more people on bikes, but motorists hate it. Yes, the title, the actual article itself, just just those last few words. But Faith, our uh, co-compare on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio from Marybeck Bicycle Users Group, managed to score a very good letter as response. The benefits of bikes. It was great to see Patrick Hatch's well-researched story examining the failure of state government to roll out key infrastructure for Victorians, i.e. protected bike lanes. A shame, though, about the online headline, which I just read out. As reported in the article, about 60% of Victorians are interested in using a bicycle for some trips, but do not want to ride among traffic. It is likely that most of that 60% are motorists. And indeed, Marley Lewis, who was interviewed in the article, is exactly that, a motorist who wants to be able to use her bicycle to avoid the cost of a second car to her family and to help the environment. Yes, and that's where a lot of the discussion should be at the moment is giving people options to be able to ride and also scoot. <laughs> it's probably a, could I say verb, that we're going to have to start using more because we have different ways of getting about. Again, you know, disability aids, really great in bike lanes. It just helps people get about from A to B without that speed differential, without distracted motorists, without a whole bunch of things. bit of news coming up is that on September the 17th to the 23rd is Transport Equality Week and Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Sustainable Cities Collective are coordinating a national week of action for transport equality. And this has been inspired by Transit Equality Day in the US. And it's going to be a week of action to elevate voices of those facing transport disadvantage and communicate those stories to the general public to demand action from local, state and federal governments to improve transport equality in people's lives. It goes into a whole bunch of things about, you know, public transport is for everyone and people should have access to public transport, including walking, cycling, that is safe, affordable, reliable and powered by clean, renewable energy other bits and pieces to do with the electrification of our transport network and uh, ensuring that uh, people who work in the transport sector and and, uh, are guaranteed uh, safe and equitable outcomes in the shifting landscape of production in Australia. Yeah, so that's coming up and yeah, we'll possibly be discussing that on the show. Now, today's interview, I'm talking to Kate Hall and she's from Safer Murray Road. And as I kind of mentioned in the intro, infill, different things happening around the middle suburbs, different flows of traffic and use thereof. We discuss a fair bit of that in today's interview. And also if you're listening and you know of something where in your area, I think in this interview we help outline what you can do and a little couple of tips to get you started. So... After this announcement, I'll be chatting to Kate. 
3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Hi there, I'm Kate and I'm involved in a campaign for a safer Murray Road in Coburg. I'm also chair of the Walking and Riding Committee at Coburg High. And how did you kind of uh, come into this? What, what attracted you to it? Well, I always knew Murray Road was a problem. Um, from the start of the school opened, there'd been quite a few near misses at a crossing a lot of the kids use. And then uh, the school is surrounded by 60k arterials and we they have a high active travel rate, um, equating to about a thousand kids um, using sustainable transport each day. But when Pentridge developed in the area, a lot of us started walking along Murray Road to go to the shops there. So it was sort of a new direction and I became aware of the hostile and more aware of the hostile environments, four lanes, 60k traffic, and since some extra lanes were added in 2011, that 60k traffic is right up against the footpath. The footpath's actually a shared path, and it's narrower than most footpaths. So you're all squashed on there with the fast traffic, including a lot of trucks, right up next to you. It's just a very hostile environment. Also, the crossings and intersections are very dangerous. A lot of red light running in particular, and some very bad design and throw in a few slip lanes and yeah it's a pretty scary environment. So it basically sounds like a like a legacy uh, thing that's been uh, improved to for vehicle traffic to the detriment of um, local users and there's going to be there's so much of this all over the built environment whether you want to point at Melbourne or wherever you live you know who's listening so how did you come at trying to change things here where, where did you first kind of reach out to speak to or find out what you could do i was able to contact someone in big roads via another campaign the bell street bridge campaign who had their contact and that big roads contact put me in touch with the relevant person for this area and that's really how it started i had their email address it took about six months of polite and persistent emailing but i did get a site visit and that was absolutely pivotal the big roads person felt unsafe not surprisingly on the road witnessed a lot of the school students using it and other things going on and went away and undertook to do a review and there is a review happening now and so that led to a couple of the next stages so around that time there were a lot of serious crashes in the area and so a combination of things led to us and a um, local board councillor getting on board which was very good of her Sue Bolton and we all decided to have a community meeting which we heavily promoted by letterboxing the area and 50 locals turned up and as is probably common around Melbourne as well people had been concerned for years they'd been getting bumped around between council and big roads and these crashes though really sort of heightened 
and we undertook to form a working group and also to uh, do a community survey with the aim of sort of being constructive and feeding into the review that we then knew was happening. So to get our own data and to sort of help be helping the process. So we want to be, you know, constructive. Yeah, because that's the issue of like, yeah, we tend to, it's, it's such a muddled environment to try and find out who's responsible for what and doing it with a bit of, you know, clear-eyed, I want I want something changed here. Yes, yes. So you've dealt with Vic Roads, uh, Mary Bick Council, talking to locals with, with the thing of young people just yeah. want to get to school. And why should everything around this area, like you're saying, it's, it's bounded by these heavily trafficked arterial roads. Why has it got to stay like that? Exactly. And to be clear, uh, I mean, to add to that, and this is probably common around middle ring suburbs as well, as you said, there's the legacy issue, and think, but things have changed since then. There's been um, changing demographic, a lot of first-time buyers moving into the area. The whole high school's open. It wasn't there when those extra lanes put in. And the development, Coburg Hill, where Kodak used to be, and the Pinterest development, all of this, and COVID changing habits, all of this has meant there is a massively greater number of vulnerable road users. And so, yep, things need to change. Vibe Union is bringing exciting, ongoing showcases of local talent across Melbourne. This creative collective provides a supportive platform to upcoming artists, hosting poetry open mic nights, intimate singer-songwriter evenings, and hip-hop showcases. Head along to one of their events for a welcoming night of creativity, or see how you can get involved at vibeunion.com.au. Vibe Union is a 3CR supporter. Yeah, because given the amount of people who'd be moving in, like Pentridge was a huge site, yeah. and so is the old Kodak thing. I used to um, I used to ride past that and kind of think it was a bit of an anachronism back in the 90s. These changing environments where you're getting infill, you're getting different movement and patterns, this perception of everything must be for vehicle throughput to when we know and then when the show discusses a lot about all these different ways of getting about and options so what do you think is going on do you think we're dealing with a legacy sort of thing or are we at the brink of some change like you know i was looking at vic roads or department of transport movement and place stuff which is all great but i think it's got to filter through these organizations it's yeah i actually do feel we're on the brink of change and while in my communication with vic roads now the department of transport they are talking about making things better for people walking and riding on, the, on roads whereas i understand in the past it would have been more about through as you say and i think people might have sort of put up with it for a long time <laughs> there's change coming from just residents as well and, and what they want and we're very clear about the general changes we want and they probably similar to what are needed around melbourne that we, we want space for people walking and cycling we want the speed reduced and we want the intersections to be better designed and safer and that's pretty general you know there's a lot of it specific issues all along the road but that's pretty general and our survey was 
very interesting in showing what the road's used for. We think of it as a linear hub in a way because there's primary schools and kindergartens and, as we said, Pentridge. People are actually, we asked where people are walking and riding on this road to go and it's they're going to places that are not just on the road but further away as well. Like a lot of people are using it. So we sort of think of it as a yeah, linear community hub, as I said, and, and that needs to be allowed for. They need to be able to use it fully. Okay, so you've just done a survey mm-hmm. and you're probably still going through all that because you probably... <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of information comes through the public on surveys, but when you're designing the survey, what, what were just, you were asking people or people, you were asking something or were you asking people to give you information now how you design this? Yes, well, never done one of these before, so it was an interesting exercise, so it was quite satisfying to get it. We pushed it out hard. We've had 355 responses and I have to say the data and the responses are absolute gold. 125 or so people wrote incidences, safety incidences that they'd experienced or witnessed. And we were asking, well, we asked quite a lot, but we asked how they're using it, what um, issues they have, what they and what they want would want changed, and how their use would change. You know, many people said, obviously, this is usually standard with these sorts of things, isn't it? Many people said they would walk or ride more or be more comfortable to um, have their children going to school independently and to even travel with their children. Because a lot of people were actually afraid to walk or ride with their children, you know. So even that would would improve. Yeah, so we we got some very interesting information and general changes people wanted to see and very specific ones as well. So some of the specific ones we can take to council. The general ones are more at the arterial road state government level on that note i'm happy to say in terms of councillors another milestone was that i've done a walk with the mayor and a ward councillor and then just yesterday i had a walk along the road with our state mp anthony chianfloni spent a whole hour walking along so that can only be a good thing yeah well you're going to show you know the decision makers what the issue is so you've just finished the survey and you're processing that, but um, we just had the, oh no, it's still continuing the uh, an inquiry. I presented this about a fortnight ago and uh, you've had been put into it. Well, I presented as part of the walking and riding committee of the school, but also just did a quick independent one on Murray Road because we hadn't formed our working group at the time the submissions were put in. But it was, as you experienced, it was a really good opportunity and some really key themes were coming through just from the first two days, mainly the need for reduced speed limits and separated cycling infrastructure and to look at arterial roads, um, which are obviously the state government responsibility, because as we've been saying in the past, they were more about throughput, but now, particularly with middle ring infill, as you say, they need to be looked at as a place that the community members can move through safely and get to things. And that seemed to be getting across. I, I thought I found the, the inquiry a really positive experience. The MPs seem to be enjoying it. They're all first-time MPs. It's their first committee, and I think it's a very going to be a very valuable and constructive exper- uh, exercise, even if it's just informing them. Gas is a toxic fossil fuel, yet gas exploration by sonic explosion is planned for the Otway Basin. Seismic blasting kills plankton and deafens whales, disrupting their migration. 
This blasting is opposed by coastal communities from Geelong to Apollo Bay and Warrnambool who strive to protect the ocean ecosystems. Bring Whale Song into Nam City, Friday the 15th of September at Queen's Bridge near Flinders Street at 4.30pm and onto the State Library for 5.30pm. Rally for Whale Song Not Gas is hosted by Extinction Rebellion, a 3CR supporter. point I mean, and, and it's sort of like this thing like you know the show we've been on air for about 15 years i think they're coming up for next month we keep going over these similar issues and we kind of see these uh breakout points and things start occurring like you know go back uh you know in terms of separated bicycle facilities you know minimum passing and a whole bunch of you know other things that, other than you know some of the really dry stuff and then you see this blowback and opposition and i think our decision makers well i don't think they should they have the means the mechanisms the power i want to use that word to enhance change i mean okay you know the roads that you're talking about they would be road stuff under the road management act they already have the powers to enact change they would have data on this they would have the crash stats exactly decision makers need to be braver and facts-based, don't they? But the facts are there, the overarching policy framework is there. Everyone knows what's best and what's safest. It just needs to be enacted. And with the survey as well, you know, you'll be using this as a tool, you know, de-identified the information, and it would be a very powerful tool for your group to utilise and say, this is what people are saying. Go back to Department of Transport, Vic Roads, and say... You have the means and the design processes to change this. We know that the data is there, but it doesn't always get shared, as we know also that's been the media a bit lately. And what I found, I was involved in the campaign for the local high school, and we had to do all our data year after year. And unfortunately, that is, you often do have to produce your own data, but it is useful. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a really valuable tool. So you've been dealing with council, but... The main thing for this, for changing like speed, infrastructure, like what would yeah. you like to see? Would you like to see wider footpaths, better separation? Uh, the things that we thought were needed are exactly what came through in, in, in the survey. Extra lanes were added in 2011 with no consultation and that took away any potential space that should have been a priority bicycle route. Uh, it is gazetted as one. So we want the lanes reduce, which will allow space for a wider footpath and a separated bike lane. Speed reduced, and many changes at various intersections and crossings where red light running is a real problem. I don't. I'd like to see red light cameras, and wombat crossings here and there. I'll get rid of one of the slip lanes, <laughs> and also there's some terribly wide sleighs, particularly one near a childcare centre where two kids have been hit on bikes on the footpath there the splay is so wide that oh. the cars can't see what's happening and the people on the footpath can't see where the cars are so it's really so, poor sight lines is it yes yes and so that's actually probably a council one isn't it because they're in charge of footpaths but um most mm. of it is state government but yeah we want to work with both and um yeah we're pretty excited about this Clear, the clear stuff that's come through in the survey. One local interesting example is that 
we asked what community facilities they're walking and riding on Murray to, and 77% are going to Pentridge, so we're going to use that. We're going to meet with Pentridge management and just show them that most people are walking and riding along Murray to go to Pentridge, but the biggest safety issue on Murray is the footpath you have to get to <laughs> to go to Pentridge. It's a very narrow shared path by Coburg Lake that even locals may know because it's incredibly scary walking along there and it's probably the most heavily utilised section. <laughs> the design so, parameters come up for this. Like you're thinking you're going to put X thousand more people in this infill development. You'd be not just planning for the initial envelope you look around to where the feeders and stuff are, but maybe maybe I'm just being naive from a planning perspective. <laughs> well, the other thing that's interesting about Pentridge is in our survey, several Pentridge residents said that they feel cut off from the beautiful lake across the road because of the danger of Murray. And we've even had uh, people who've moved away, three separate families moved away because of danger. One had a car crash through their fence and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it really impacts when people, when it's so bad that people are moving away concerning so yeah it's time we made space and safe environments for for all these local people The Milky Way looks good in the night skies. The stars open a short for my dark eyes. Complex hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the set. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. I'm just thinking from someone who's out there listening going, there's something bugging me about where I live, but you've got, you know, as you say, you get used to it to a point where you actually, it's to the detriment of you know, your, your, your daily activities. Yeah. And you get to the point where you go, I've just had it and I need to do something. What would be your quick takeout from this, what someone should do? In a different area. Just, you know, stuff like, just ask people, go to yeah, council. I found as soon as we started talking about it on Facebook, others came forward and that's how we got a little small group even before we had the community meeting. So, yeah, it's a matter of somehow connecting with the others who are also concerned. And I guess that's where social media is good because there were so many of us who had been concerned but hadn't done anything yet. And So it, I think it is easier when there's sort of strength in numbers, but it's just a matter of how to connect with them, isn't it? And I suppose I already had a Facebook page that was related to a different campaign. I just changed the name of it. <laughs> well, it would be as simple as, issue, yeah. simple as at the school pickup or kind of related activities, having a chat to yeah. people about what do you think about this and starting to exchange a few details and working yeah. up. Because some yeah. of this may seem a little bit daunting of, oh, Vic Rhodes, oh, a council. I've never done that before except pay for my licence. That's that's a bit outside what I'm used to doing. As you probably know, Chris, like, one person talking to a councillor is, you know, they recognise that as probably being about 30 others because not many people do take that step. So it is worthwhile sending that email or making a phone call or even messaging on social media and, you know, mm. the decision makers. But as I said, also talking to others. I suppose our community meeting was a pivotal point because that's when we decided to form a community, a working group, and all, all that entailed was whoever wants to be in the working group stay back at the end and so that was about eight of us and that's it so we've got an email list and, and um, 
taking it from there. Yeah, so you have a simple thing like you have a couple of uh, points that you're working on, you want a long-term goal, and you stay in contact and you have means of communication. And I think the only thing I could really throw into that is persist. Yep, exactly. And that's, I did, yeah, uh, patience, persistence and politeness, I guess. (laughs) And trying to stay positive, because I know you do see a lot of backflips and things with um, bike lanes in particular, which is very distressing and disheartening. But yeah, I just just seem to keep going forward. And when you know you're right, that helps. (laughs) How can people get in touch with Safer Murray Road and the things that you do and any activities coming up? The next thing we're going to do when we we want to produce a survey report, which is because we've got so much um, response, it's proving just a little daunting task at the moment, but we want to have a survey report and we're going to have a community meeting to launch it. The MPs keen to come to that, which is fantastic. And, but in the meantime, it's really just by people are welcome to message us via social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, Safer Murray Road on Instagram and Twitter and I made a mistake with the Facebook one so it's just safe uh, walking and riding from Murray Road. Thanks Catherine for having a chat today. Thanks very much for having me Chris, thanks for your interest. Laughing at your jokes like an actress So funny And thank you too for having a chat today about Safer Murray Road. Now, on the topic of surveys, there's one out at the moment, and if this will work, and I turn that down a little bit, that uh, Engage Victoria have got a survey out at the moment, and it's got uh, car parks for commuters, and it's all the usual thing. Have you caught a train recently on the last, since 2018, and all the things... Uh, all those sort of questions. But what's not in there is safe routes for the other commuters, people who walk and cycle and scoot. And what you need to do, and I'll put this into the podcast description, engage.vic.gov.au project thing. When you go through this survey, there's a text box. Go fill that text box in with what you need in your local area to ride and walk and scoot to safely to get to that, that train station. And I will note that uh, going back to uh, almost 50 years ago, Alan Parker, OAM, published uh, a great article called Bicyclisation in Chain Reaction, September 1975. Chain Reaction, as you know, is Friends of the Earth publication. So, yes, everything... It's almost like they do know, but they keep ignoring it, or we need to remind them. So I'll put that in, and when you get down to the bottom of that survey, fill in that text box. Okay, thank you for, Kate, having a chat today about Safer Murray Road. Up next is SheBop, followed by Black Block, and uh, Yarra Bicycle uses group radio, like every other show on 3CR. We're kept on air by subscriptions and donations so go to 3cr.org.au and look for the subscribe donate and or fundraiser options and our podcast should be up soon or you go to uh, the Yarrabug page and look for the on demand option see you in a fortnight yeah i can't keep my hands off you or off my bicycle let go of the handles let go of the
3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.